0: I'll confess a major personal weakness, a serious flaw in my constitution, in my being, and it's this, I don't like to be tear gassed. I know, it's a profound weakness. I've been intentionally tear gassed, even submitted to it four times uh, in my life when I was in the military. I never learned to enjoy it. When I would go into the tear gas chamber, I would hold my breath after I was told to take off the mask for as long as possible. But those rascals who were conducting that test and experiment knew that people would try to do that. So we stayed in there for about a minute or so, until everyone had to submit to the need for air. And once again, each time, it was awful to breathe in tear gas, to be in a chamber with the doors locked or or, or guarded so you couldn't get out, and only to then, for the next few hours, to some degree, be struggling with the need to breathe. For healthy human nature will fight for breath. Do y'all think that I was putting you on by that illustration? That actually happened, by the way. I don't like being tear gassed. Anyone join me? Most of you don't, never been tear gassed. Brother officer, you don't enjoy being tear gassed? Even though it's your job, that's right. It is terrible to be tear gassed. Because everything in your being cries out for oxygen, for air, to breathe. Because breath is life. I can remember, I think it may, probably in the 70s, I guess it came out. The anti-smoking ads, don't smoke, it's a matter of life and breath. Not life and death, but life and breath is how they would phrase that, because breathing is fundamentally important to life. And today, I want to move away from Philippians, the verse-by-verse preaching through that, and have a standalone topical message, really not expository, on the believer's breath of life, namely prayer. haven't preached on prayer, In a while and I want us to review what we already know and what we believe and to some degree practice but just to reinvigorate our prayer lives as we have now entered into a new year not a new year's resolution but a good reminder of a spiritual discipline which is fundamentally important to us in our spiritual walk in an analogous way that breathing clean air is important, fundamentally important, to our physical well-being. With that said, if you look at the book of Acts chapter 4 verses 23 through 31, the believer's breath of life, and the context here is that Peter and John had just seen a, a lame man in the temple area miraculously healed, truly miraculously healed. It was a sign and wonder. In chapter 3, and the testimony got out to one and all that this had happened, which brought persecution upon Peter and John, because it wasn't them, and they stated as much, who did this power who had this power uh, but it was in fact in the name of the Lord Jesus and so the scribes uh, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders were not happy about this and they were they were uh, out to persecute maybe even put to death Peter and John certainly beat them threatened them but the people were so amazed at the power of God in Jesus name that they just simply said don't do this anymore well they released them and that brings us to verse 23 in acts chapter 4 and being let go they went up to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them and when they that is those gathered uh, uh, from who had been in the, uh, uh, the 120 in the upper room and maybe many who had been saved on the day of pentecost when they that is the the assembly gathered, when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, who has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen, why did the Gentiles rage? And the peoples imagined vain things. The kings of the earth stood up and rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. I want you to take note verse 29, they did not pray as a collective group let this difficulty pass. Get us out uh, uh, of this hot water. Lord, don't let me f- be injured. Uh, protect me physically. We don't want these problems. No, they didn't pray anything like that. Just that we will stand strong for truth. We're in the world. We don't want to be of the world. God, sustain us in this situation. Behold their threatenings. Grant in thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Again, a topical message on the believers breath of life and first of all I want us to uh, understand and be reminded, really, of the necessity of the breath of life, the necessity of prayer. God's people are called to pray. From the very early chapters of the book of Genesis, Genesis, uh, men and women began to call upon the name of the Lord, and that continues down to this very moment, and all points in between uh, people. The people of God are called to pray, to commune with God. The Lord. It is spiritual breathing uh, as I am pouring out my heart to the Lord uh, and, and taking in uh, a fresh um, uh, measure of comfort, uh, a fresh uh, understanding from His Word uh, as the Spirit of God illuminates, shines the light in my spirit on the text of Scripture. John MacArthur wrote, The essence of prayer is simply talking to God as you would to a beloved friend without pretense or flippancy. And so it is a genuine love relationship as a child of God and you are pouring out your heart, uh, you are interceding for others. You are uh, making request which we're told in Philippians 4, make your request, let your request be made known unto God. Well, how are you going to make it known other than through a spirit of prayer, you uh, in your spirit praying, calling out, crying out to the Lord, and so spiritual breathing has been used by many as an illustration illustration for prayer. In fact, the great prayer warrior and uh, author uh, writer on prayer, O. Hallisby, many uh, generations ago wrote this: From time immemorial, prayer has been spoken of as the breath of the soul. And the figure is an excellent one indeed. The air which our body requires envelops us on every hand. The air uh, of itself seeks to enter our bodies and for this reason exerts pressure upon us. It is well known that it is more difficult to hold one's breath than it is to breathe. The air which our souls need also envelops all of us at all times and on all sides. Of course, he's talking in the references to God's people. God is round about us in Christ on every hand with his many-sided and all-sufficient grace. All we need to do is to open our hearts. Prayer is the breath of the soul, the organ by which we receive Christ into our parched and withered hearts. And so, uh, clearly, Scripture and our experience in our walk with Christ scream at us, uh, uh, proclaim to us that prayer Is a necessary uh, part of our Christian experience in fact prayer is the initial indication of spiritual life now you think about it uh, when a a baby is born back before the days of stethoscopes back before the days of fancy medical uh, equipment which could measure things throughout time the way that you knew the baby is alive and well and healthy is uh, by uh, that uh, heavy breathing, crying, and, uh, uh, and the more the baby, you'd even spank the baby, I guess. Uh, I don't think that's a, f- a folklore. I think it actually took place. Uh, uh, Dr. do you spank babies in the, in the delivery room? I don't know if that's done. I'm not sure. Am I dreaming? Isn't that what's done? You kind of give a, give a little slap uh, uh, to, the, to the backside? I think that's, uh, that's done. I don't think I'm dreaming that. Why? to get breathing, breathing going, heavy breathing going so that it would demonstrate that there is health. Uh, Prayer, the initial indication of life. In fact, if you'll notice, that's, in fact, how you got saved because Romans ten thirteen says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, how do you call upon the name of the Lord? You don't get on the, the, the phone. You don't uh, send a note. You actually pray calling upon him as a lost sinner. Be merciful to me, Lord. And, in fact, those who pray genuinely um, are, in fact, saved. In the first four chapters, what is that that's going on? Something's making noise over there. Uh, in the first four chapters of, uh, of the book of Acts, we see time and time again that when God did something uh, for salvation, it was through prayer, calling upon him, or some kind of uh, miraculous work. There would be praise and prayer ascending, as we see here in our text. It's the initial indication of spiritual life. And also, it's the continual Confirmation of spiritual life. You see, everyone prays, but not everyone prays biblically, that is, with a relationship to the Lord. We must have his nature. Uh, We uh, must be related to him for God to hear our prayer. And so in this text, Peter and John related their experience to their brothers and sisters in Christ, and they lifted up their voice, verse 24. In one accord to the Lord. In other words, they communicated with the one true living God because they were his children and he was their father. Now, folks, pull over and park for a second. Is it not a glorious thing that we can actually commune with the God of the universe, the only God, the one and true living God, that that he allows me... What is going on? Is that, the, is that the audio, visual, or is that something? Sounds like something's falling off the table over there. Sorry, y'all. You know where the devil gets. <laughs> uh, so that, that is the... Uh... It's my wireless? Am I doing something? Is that distracting to you all? It is to me. What do I do? It's tight. Oh, oh! I see what you're saying. I know what I'll, I know. What I'll do. I'll do this. I'll show the devil. <laughs> we we'll Don't panic like I am. Okay. Thanks a lot, Mark. Y'all want to hear what he said? <laughs> he said, now I look like Jimmy Swagger." <laughs> oh, my. Uh, let me get started here. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote on prayer. He says, prayer is the highest activity of the human soul. Therefore, it is at the same time the ultimate test of a man's true spiritual condition. There is nothing that tells the truth about us as Christian people as much as our prayer life. Oh, my. Nothing tells the truth. That is, do I have a spirit of dependence or independence? Am I needing the Lord or can I handle this on my own? Not just in critical situations, but moment by moment, day by day. That is a convicting and a compelling statement. Ultimately, therefore, a man discovers the real condition of a spiritual life when he examines himself in private, when he is alone with God. And have we not all known what it is to find that? Somehow, we have less to say to God when we are alone than when we are in the presence of others. It should not be so, but it often is so that it is when we have left the realm of activities and outward dealings with other people and are alone with God that we really know where we stand in a spiritual sense. Good night. As I said to my uh, Sunday school class uh, this morning, he's gone from preaching to meddling because it, it, it exposes some of the reality in my life that I can experience, that I can be all kinds of active in The work of the Lord, but maybe not as occupied with the Lord of the work. You all hear what I'm saying? It's the necessity of prayer for the people of God because He doesn't work outside of that. That's how we commune with Him. We learn of Him from His Word, the objective truth, the black and white of the text, and we commune with Him in prayer. Now, the qualities. the breath of life physical breathing has qualities it has characteristics it there are there are things that you can know about health physical health by evaluating the breathing. What's the uh, red blood cell count? Uh, uh, how uh, how's the oxygen uh, carbon dioxide exchange going on in the uh, in the on the molecule of the hemoglobin and in the alveoli of the air sacs? And how is all of that going? Will tell you much about one's physical health. So too, the qualities present in spiritual breathing will indicate how healthy that one is. Not talking about trying to measure up. uh, Not talking about a works sanctification. Just simply, am I operating in the realm of spiritual health because prayer is absolutely necessary. Uh, It's the breath of life spiritually. And so, am I consistent in these qualities uh, of life? First of all, a general one. Prayer is instant communication. You know this. The phone line is never busy. He's always available. When you come to the Father with a a heart of humility, a heart of dependence on him, you can get right into the throne room. That is an amazing thing. Not only are we allowed, we're invited. We're beckoned to come to him in prayer. Folks, God is good to us, amen? He, ab- he abides faithful when I am not. <clears throat> when you communicate with someone, you must speak the same language. In our text, God heard their prayer. Why? Because they were speaking his language. You say, what language was that? It was the language of orthodox biblical theology. And the Lord always hears that prayer from a heart offered in genuine humility and dependence on him. They were reciting back to him what he already knew, but but he wanted to hear them affirm it and agree with it in their own hearts. And they did, and they prayed that back to him. They prayed God's word back to the Lord. They affirmed the word of God. We see that in verses 24 through 28, them affirming the Word of God, so it's instant communication, which is why it is so important that we know the truth of Scripture, so that when in any moment, without notice, we can pray Scripture to the Lord, commune with the Lord, with biblical theology. Do Y'all follow that that point? They did that. Uh, they we see it manifested right here in the text of that's exactly what they did. Prayer is the path to confession. Confess what? Confess his right to be the captain. Confess that uh, um, I am the subject. He is the master. Uh, he is the captain. I am the soldier. He is the Lord. I am the servant. I'm agreeing with God that he is in charge. Again, O Hallisby wrote, It is the work of the Spirit to convict of sin. The quiet hour prayer is one of the most uh, favorable opportunities he has in which to speak to us seriously in quietude and solitude before the face of God our souls can hear better than at any other time. Folks, this message is for me. This reminder is for me. My life, like your lives, uh, is busy and I'm active, uh, and it can get cluttered. And the cacophony of all the things whirling around in my life and in your life, your, your, your workaday life, you're raising a little ones, uh, you're uh, dealing with health issues and financials and totaling cars. It gets busy. It gets chaotic and hectic. And to be reminded that I must spend time intentionally, before, at the foot of Jesus, before the throne of God, is absolutely critical in my life. In fact, Psalm 139 is a prayer. Verses 23 and 24, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Test me. Know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me, And lead me in the way, in your way, in your everlasting way. And so confession, repentance of sin uh, is spiritual surgery. And it takes place in the realm of intimate communion with the Lord in prayer. It is that necessary. And it's a quality of prayer that we're to exercise. Also... Prayer is declaring my dependence. It's the heartfelt cry of, oh, God, I need you. And you confessing that to him. <clears throat> Again, it's an amazing thing. Yes, people can pray with us and pray for us, but that's not, that's not required. I don't have to, to go to a saint so called i certainly don't go to a statue and kneel down i don't need a priest in fact i have the high priest amen whoever lives to make intercession for me and for you the lord wants me to come to him personally individually because he is that great high priest as hebrews 4:14 4, tells us and so because of that two verses later in verse 16 let us therefore for come boldly with confidence not with arrogance but with confidence before the throne of grace in order to obtain mercy and find help grace to help in time of need many years ago uh, we uh, we had uh, a large youth choir before they all graduated and now are having babies of their own, who are going to have, so we'll have another youth choir, but they're all uh, still toddlers right now, so we're kind of cyclical. They used to sing a song called The Table of Grace. Anybody remember The Table of Grace? I love that song. At the table of grace, the cup's never empty. (laughs) The plate's always full, and it's never too late to come and be filled With love never ending, you are always welcome at the table of grace. And so as the child of God, spiritual breathing is the table of grace. God always has time. Cups always full. Plates always there to be nourished, to consume of him. Also, prayer is. Is receiving power. It's when I call upon him in the moment of temptation. It's when I cry out to him when the heart is breaking and all the other issues and difficulties of life that the Lord upholds me, supports me, equips me for whatever I'm facing. Leonard Ravenhill wrote in his book, Revival Praying, the, st- the state of praying that we seek, is from all personal requests for personal benefit. We are seeking to love a love for the will of God among men, for the manifestation of the power of God among men, and for the recovery of the glory of God among men. What were they praying? Peter and John uh, and, and the assembly that were gathered, what were they praying? They were in essence praying, God, you and you alone are going to allow us To act and react in a way that there's no human answer for it. Don't you want that, people of God? That you will conduct your life in such a way that the only answer is the presence of the Lord in and through your life. To the degree that verse 31 said, when they had done this, when they had prayed, the place was shaken. So much uh, uh, of what I see and what I hear, and it's coming out more and more all the time um, with our friends down the street from here. So much of what is, is passed off uh, as spiritual power and uh, unction and all could be nothing more, uh, nothing less than human effort, ingenuity And that could be said of of us. That could be said of me as well. I don't want it to be. I want it to be unction from on high. Uh, You know what unction is? Unction is the power that God will place in you to accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish in you. I want that for myself. And I know that it will only come about as I am communing with with him, William Carey understood that. The great missionary, the missionary philosophy of William Carey was expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Well, the only way that's going to come to pass is if I have his power flowing through my spiritual power. That cannot be explained through human Effort, ingenuity, strategy, planning, programming, or any such thing. But it is the power of the Lord resting upon a person, resting upon a congregation. Prayer is that vehicle. And then, of course, as you know, it's that vehicle for expressing adoration, praise, thanksgiving. We see that so many times In Scripture, as we worship Him, as John 4, 23 says, in spirit and in truth. It means that worship is not mechanical. It means that worship, adoring Him, is not something you go to a building and experience. It's what the believer, the child of God, should be experiencing, walking in that spirit of worship moment by moment, day by day. As it were, praying without ceasing means always having a prayer in your heart of, Lord, I love you. God, thank you. Lord Jesus, sustain me. Give me wisdom. Give me insight. Comfort my heart. You see, it's living in that vein, living in the sphere of expressing praise and adoration for the Lord. This was just a review, skimming the surface On the subject of prayer but I want to ask you as I've asked myself how is your how is my spiritual breathing these days is my prayer life consistent fervent vital or am I experiencing shortness of breath difficulty in breathing you see if that were the case physically We would address it immediately because if you are short of breath, if you are having difficulty in breathing, if things aren't going well uh, with the oxygen-carbon dioxide exchange, either taking it in or, or expelling it with, as people with emphysema will tell you, you know that there's a problem. It's guaranteed to get your attention, and it will mine as well. So too ought it to be, ought it be the case. With spiritual breathing. Is there a difficulty in that? If so, confess prayerlessness as sin. Well, of course it's sin. Because it's not following what the Lord has prescribed. Pray without ceasing. Praying always. Don't be anxious, but in prayer, let your requests be made known unto God. Call upon the Lord, you shall be saved. Just example after example in Scripture where the problem is remedied through or it's addressed through prayer. The problem may continue if it's cancer or the like, but the, the, uh, the way to address it is, in fact, by calling upon the Lord. Commit to that afresh and anew to fervently seek the Lord in prayer as the early church did. Now, I didn't say anything that you didn't already know. My guess is you already know, and I already knew this. I needed to be reminded of the urgency and of the importance for the enemy would want me to say, oh, yeah, I, I know that. That's, that's good. That's important. I'm going to get to that one. One of these days, I'm going to get to that. If you were not physically breathing well, you would not say, one of these days I'm going to get to that. Can I get a witness? You'd address it, wouldn't you? The best you could, the best you're able, you would address it because it would always be present until it was remedied. Well, may we have that same heart, that same conviction with spiritual breathing as well. Lord, you know uh, where I am with this. And there are times when it is fresh and invigorating and a means of comfort, a means of the path of, of receiving grace. And it began with salvation calling upon you. And there are also times where there's indifference, lethargy, apathy, and, in fact, rebellion. And, Lord, I've been musing on this now. May it not just be uh, a, a nice reminder, but there would be a settled conviction on my soul, on the souls of your people here, to walk in the realm of, of prayer to live out our days thanking you, praising you, requesting of you, receiving from you, glorifying you because of our dependence on you alone. And so, Lord, seal these truths and this text to our hearts that we might leave here more committed than ever before to live out our days in utter dependence on you and expressing that in believing, humble, dependent prayer. And you'll be glorified in that. We'll give you thanks, Lord Jesus.